This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. And the jam-packed version. Is we it? are in summer hours, baby. <laughs> Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Derek Brandeo, Jen Rolnick, and Sammy McKee in a jam-packed hour where we'll have Mike McKenna join us in about 20 minutes. Talk about goalie Bob in those first two games. Lee's fans got to be sick to their stomach watching Bob. Cinderella hit midnight here? Yeah. I know I saw McKenna tweeting last night, and he was talking about how people who were critical of Bob last night don't know goaltending, talking about Florida's structure and the guys in his lane and whatever. I just see an awful lot of hockey pucks going through. So we'll get into that. Aiden Hill and the magic continues to roll for him as well. I want to talk about Sean Burke. I brought him up the other day. And just how influential is a guy like that for a core group that we wouldn't have looked twice at in September? Yeah. No, 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 no. We would have laughed at in September. Vegas? Or are you the goalies? I'm talking about the goalies. Okay, yes. I'm saying that we would have laughed if we would have sat in September yeah. and said the likes of Aiden Hill, uh, Laurent Brassois, Logan Thompson, yeah. and Jonathan Quick would get you two games away from winning the Stanley Cup. What's crazy is last night, and I forget who tweeted this, but in the game last night, there was a, a combined cap hit between the two goalies of like $2.8 million, And on the benches between Bobrovsky and Quick, there was $15.8 million in goaltenders. Tons to get into with Mike McKenna. I do want to start the show, though, going a little off the board. Because that's what we can do. You, want to, you can do whatever you want. Off the board. We're going, we're going another sport for Hold just on. a few minutes. Oh, my God. Let's do it. All right. Mm. Liv and PGA mm. are getting married. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Odd couple. It's happening. Okay. You know, opposites attract, baby. Opposites. A nonprofit and a murderous Saudi regime. a big story. I, I have Massive. to say that when I saw that story come across my Twitter feed today. That's as floored as I've been ever. Unbelievable. Like no hints, eh? No like, Nothing. oh, this may be coming. It was just, this is happening. And I I, I have a hard time making sense of it until Borny said some stuff to me today about from maybe a potential lawyer, some lawyer speak on it, which oh, it's all money. It's 100%. It's all money. Right. But I just, I do feel. It's all about the money. I feel for a lot of the players. Why? Because they got played like fiddles. Yes. Rory got played like a fiddle. I, Justin 100%. Thomas got played. Go out there and fight, fight, fight until we tell you don't because and, we're all about the money. And a lot of people within the golf media who, and media at large, not just the golf media, who really stuck their neck out there for the morals of the PGA yes. Tour. To and watch say, you crawl. And then immediately, not even a year. Like, it's, it's year to the date of the Liv's first to a first event. Well, not to the date, but year, couple weeks Ballpark. here. And now they're with, now they just get into bed with him. It's in, it's in one of the wildest stories in sports and, history. Like, it's insane. Go back and listen to all Rory's comments. And oh now what God. does he say? Yeah, happy to have them all back. It's, it's 
it, but the problem it's is, humiliating for him. But 100%. the problem is there was nothing ever wrong with anything he said about it. He was on a on proper footing with it. He's now just put it been put in such a bad spot by the people who he went to bat for. You know, one of the things that, you know, Sammy and I talked about was just the idea is that, you know, the PGA Tour sells itself as a non-profit enterprise. They're a non-profit, <laughs> which, okay. Yeah, definitely. Sure you are. Definitely. But so the idea, you know, they run their corporation as a monopoly and live if, if Liv takes them to court, I mean, they probably lose their non-profit status once they have to show the books and see where, you know, money is going. So a lot of this may be just a defensive before we have hey. to show our books. JB, you couldn't figure out that a year ago. You couldn't read the tea leaves on this and know that that's where it could get. What kind of leadership is this at the PGA that you can't? So what should they have done then? Merged then? Yes. Make the best of a bad situation. Know your opponent. Know your enemy. Prior to live coming to fruition, Mm -hmm. they went to the PGA the last three or four years and said, we want to do this. And they laughed at him. Yeah. And then the following year they came back to him. And finally they said, okay, you want to keep laughing at us? We're doing this. Yeah. And then they go and buy Phil Mickelson. They go buy Dustin Johnson. And then they actually dig their heels down and still can't figure out they're not going away. Yeah. And now, now that Brooks Kepka embarrassed them, by coming back and winning the PGA, then a light switch goes off and says, hey, let's, let's do a deal. You know, I, I, yeah, I think this is... There's no way, like, I want to live in that world too, Kipper, where it was, you know, Brooks going in there and beating all the yeah. PGA. This has been in the works for longer than two weeks. It's 100%, you know, not showing the books in court and stuff like that. I, I just, you know, it's funny, when I first heard it, Sammy, my first thought was like, do those guys who got paid all that money get to keep it all? Yes. Probably yes. Right. Not only that, they just they just get to shove it oh, down yeah. everyone's throat. And so, yeah, congrats on mission accomplished, okay. Phil, on bringing the Saudi but world listen, into. Phil was right from the start. Greg Norman Phil was, was right. wrong about everything. He just made a lot of money. No, no, no he, he just sold his soul. The, he sold the sports soul. But he, he wasn't hiding. He sold it. He did. You're right. To the highest bidder. 100% just like, just like everybody else did in the PGA. They are, they are the exact same people. But Phil was talking about that how was the, the most P- brazen about it. That's Phil all. had been talking about for years how the PGA Tour was holding out with money and how they were yeah. hiding money and all of this stuff. He said a lot of wrong stuff. Phil but is going down as... As one of the most influential people in sports history right now. Yeah. Okay. And a universal bad guy. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Listen. Where where is he a universal bad guy? This is the exact goal of the Saudi player investment fund is to gain credibility with North America and with the global sports world. They want to be taken seriously. What's more, they own the league that we all watch now. We can go back and go to any industry and say they, they own a big portion of the world. So why should golf be any different? Well, automotive. I mean, well, it depends everything. where you stand on things, right? Like if you want to dig in on the human rights abuses and all that, or if you want to say, I guess they're just everywhere now, which is what they want, right? It's he is a, he has let them in the door. About, they they care about their money. That's all. Well, that's Everybody evident. just showed their true colors by saying we can be bought. It's crazy though that like if you're Rory, who knows what Liv offered Rory. But, like, to have turned down a, a half billion dollars yeah. 
and now you got you would have got to keep it and play in the tour anyway. How about Tiger, seven fifty they offered him and almost he, and, a billion and he dollars. He turned and then down. Come back, you know, like those guys are not going to be pleased with you know that we dug in and turned that money down for you. Yeah, and we got nothing to show and for it. And now we're just back with these guys. And we got the same deal. It's there. They bought. How do you buy a nonprofit anyway? Anyway, it's crazy. It's, All right. I, There's certainly not going to be 54 holes anymore, I can tell you that. And do away with the team garbage. I can't even make sense of that league that they tried to do. I'm like watching a game show when I see all those <laughs> colors and, and uh, scoreboards. They found and, a legal loophole and they're in. I'm, they didn't have a good product. I think I, it's apparently they're going to make some of the guys buy back into the PGA Tour. So, like, you know, some of the live guys that win are going to have to pay a price to get back onto the PGA Just Tour. pick a random number. So, basically, what it comes down to, you're good. Not very much. You suck a lot. Hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. On your goal, on your golf show Saturday, just oh, yeah. play our first uh, nine <laughs> <Wow>. minutes of <laughs> of the real Sorry. Kipper and Born I, show. By the way, we could do this for an hour I, for sure. I feel for my boy Gunner. Yeah, he, he was one of the. He was much like Rory. He dug he put, in. He put his neck out there. He dug in. Yeah, and he was much like Rory. Yeah, you know, killing him and defending the honor of the PGA Tour and the honorable. How they would never take blood money, and now they just throw yep. all the same thing. The root of all evil, baby. There you go. Cash. Sorry, Gunner. Cold, hard cash. Look forward to Saturday morning, pal. <laughs> okay, 10 minutes. Mike McKenna. So we got uh, a few to get into. Vegas now two wins away from hoisting their first Stanley Cup in franchise history. 7-2, guys. JB, where do you, where do you want to begin? I mean, it was a non-match last night. It was just not a hockey event. It, Vegas was so good. I tweeted last night, is this Vegas being bad, for, or sorry, Vegas being good, Florida being bad, or a little of both? I don't know where you guys fall on it, but Florida looked like the team they were all year last night, and Vegas was dynamic. They were, I mean, Vegas, it doesn't look like a close hockey event to me right now, which is really frustrating. So, I don't know. Kudos to Vegas. I thought some excellent play from Stone, Stevenson, Barbashev, Eichel even. We'll get to that, I know. But um, just a great performance from the Golden Knights. And looks like they're, our, your boy Darren Millard is going to be sporting some jewelry. I uh, I just have to go back. And I'm, I'm not sure even if, it, if the 10 days off would have mattered with the depth of Vegas. But it did something to them. It Forced them to have to come out in the first or second game and just hit it right off, and they have not been able to, and now they are in serious catch-up mode. But I, I do believe that uh, we're going to look back and, and, and think 10 the days. Break. I think it was 12. Ten, was it 12? Whatever it was, 10 or 12. It Whatever was it was, yeah. it's hard. It's really hard Yeah, that long. It was too much, and when you're a hot team – you just want to keep – it's like being at the craps table like you the yeah. one time. You just want to keep rolling while you're hot, right? You step away for an hour and come back. It ain't that same sort of and the, vibe. And that's, you know, I, I'm not blaming anybody here because it's just that natu- natural progression where, you know, if you do have 10 or 12 days off and you're Matthew Kachuk and all of a sudden everybody wants a piece of you. Oh, you're TNT, and you're going you're to People TNT, Magazine. And, exactly. Yeah. It's like – uh, is there a chance you could lose focus a little bit during this uh, yeah. nice little celebrity run? Yes, absolutely there is. Yeah. And I don't blame him for doing that or think it's the reason things have gone badly. I just feel like 
Florida, since March, has been in, if we don't win this game, we're screwed. Our season might end, you know, very short after. So it's been pedal down, pedal down, pedal down. And everyone's been saying, can they keep doing it? Can they keep doing it? And then once they got to the cup final, they had time to exhale, look at what they'd accomplished, enjoy, you know, really all of a sudden people call them the favorite and how good they are. And it's just a different vibe for this team that played much better as an underdog who took advantage of rushes and got big saves. They're not getting big saves or scoring on the rushes. I just think Vegas is way better. Fellas. Way better. Like, that's, D is like, so you can, good. I Kipper, I definitely agree with your thoughts that the break hurt the Panthers and the momentum. But to me, there's just no yes. comparison between these two yeah. teams. Like I, I just, I look at the decors. I look at the four lines, like, When's the last time the Cats four fun even played? Like, I, it's just, yeah. it, it feels like... Horse line in Vegas is unreal. Yeah, it just seems like almost insurmountable, the amount of talent that's spread around and different types of guys and gritty guys and skill guys and the combo of both. Like, that Mark Stone, man, I, I'm i obsessed with that guy. Where, I where love watching... We had a chat, uh, Bunk, Sam I and I him. last night. Where, like, in terms of NHL players, if you're picking to have in your team in the playoffs... You know, he's a top 20 guy in the NHL. Even though he's not an elite scorer, he is a top 20 guy. Just, you know, you, you go through the McDavid's, McCars, and the obvious names. He's up there. I think Bunk was saying last night that he's got 83 playoff games in the last four years and yeah, something like 30 playoff goals. Like, he has been a force in the postseason. Yeah. And he's just so good picking pucks the off. The broken stick, shot block, retrieve a puck, lateral movement, uh, you know, play to... To me, is it Stevenson? you know, one of the my favorite things and what favorite skills of anybody that plays hockey is the ability to stop a play and get it going the other way quickly. Yeah. And he's one of the best in the world at it. Like, the way... Like, yeah. Think about that goal he scored in this first game where it's like the stick... It looks like a high stick almost... Knocks it down, one motion, bar Going down, the other bing, way. like in the like, net. Like he's just so good at it. Like four or five weeks ago, we're watching him leave the practice ice with a bad, bad back, back, and yeah. you're going, I ain't playing. Yeah. He could really stand up. I mean, Stone's back is all bad, and he's janky off the ice. Eichel has his neck taped together a year or two ago, whatever it was. You know, like these guys are. That they're doing what they're doing is a their their doctors Kip should get two rings each. Oh That's my God. <laughs> okay, JB, you mentioned it. The hit Jack Eichel. Oh my God! When Matthew Kachuk absolutely laid him out as good as any open hit you will ever find at the perfect time. Down four in the game, down one in the series, second period, perfect. Let's go to Bruce Cassidy, head coach of Vegas, on Eichel getting hit. So it's okay to get hit in June. This, this is part of the journey. You know, it's, it hurts to win, and it's, it's not supposed to be easy. So good for him. He, I think he saw some of it coming, but not enough to get out of the way. Uh, it was a clean hit. That's hockey. Um, and we were very, very, I think, as a group, great to see him come back. Not, as, not only does it give us juice, but sometimes it can take away juice from the other team if they you know, see a guy come back. So uh, it was good for the group. Okay, from Bruce, let's go to Jack Eichel on what he saw or didn't see. Yeah, you know, just get the puck. Yeah, you know, just get the puck on the right. Uh, took a couple crossovers, uh, kind of toe picked a little bit, and uh, you know, saw him at the last minute. Um, he finishes a hard, you know, what I saw was a clean check on me, and it's a physical game. You're gonna get hit sometimes, so um, you just just kind of move on, you know. You guys want to go to Matthew Kachuk for the trio here? Yes, absolutely. Yes. I don't. I don't. I really have no idea 
what uh, what what that uh, what came about for that. But I did. Uh, I don't know. I think I just came off the bench and saw him middle of the ice with his head down and. Doesn't matter who you are, you shouldn't be going through the middle with your head down. And you're gonna get hit. Like I mean, that's, I would go get hit too if I had my head down in the middle. Like it's nothing, uh, not a big deal. Like he's he's a really good player, and I mean, it doesn't really good players can get hit too. I, I just went to the bench just thinking get some rest before a power play, but um, yeah, I was sent off. <laughs> he's there's so much. I love the guy. Like jabbing in there. He's right though. Just he is, but it's intentionally inflammatory. To, of course. To, to watch that hit and watch Jack Eichel get up as scrambled he, as he, he looked. He didn't look great. No, he looked horrible. He was all looked very scrambled, and, yeah. mm-hmm. but he was like, I ain't lying down on the... That's what I, I absolutely... Actually, Jack's gone to another level for me I, on that I play. I think this is like career-defining okay? moment for him. Jack Eichel went up 10 notches in my book. Gets off the Because he said, I would rather die than lie on that ice right now. Gets off the rink, comes back, and in his very next shift, bodies someone to win a loose puck and make a great pass to set up a goal, to go back up a goal. Like, that to me is... What we'll talk about for with uh, with Jack Eichel? That's a, uh, when he wins his Stanley Cup ring, or if I'll I'll think you're right. I'll think of a lot of things during this series. Yeah. I will remember Jack Eichel getting up, and then setting up uh, Marcia. Marcia, so after they give up on fifth, 14 seconds into the third period, you maybe think Florida's got an opening. He makes the play to turn it around. It's funny now looking back that he was okay and he came back in the game. There was that moment where he got up off the ice. He's like, oh, like the look at his face. He's well, like, oh, I think he boy. wanted to complain to the ref, no, but should, he didn't know what happened. He was just like, oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. like, I got to get out of here. I got to go. See, yeah. And this is where our game kind of gets in trouble a little bit because then there's there's us that's saying this is what that you need awesome. to win that's awesome we yeah. need more warriors <laughs> like that <"Aah." laughs> right My exact yeah, and we then the problem. there's the medical side that says he should this play. is he, he shouldn't be playing no he yeah. was not well are you, are you put him back out off. there yeah are you nuts cup final let's go yeah i, I know it's hockey know. still you know what it's <laughs> hockey still enough of being like yeah isn't that horrible if of you, us that's when you can go be you know what, though? If you ask those guys, I was reading something the other day about a study that asked professional athletes and Olympic athletes, if you could win a championship this year, but know you were to contract some fatal condition that would kill you like within 10, an alarming amount of people accept that. Like they are this success driver within some of these people. They'll make that trade. I would have negotiated 20 years. Can I get 20? Give 25. <laughs> What are you jumping a 10 for right Ten's away? 10's a short number. Hey, a couple of bad summers, and you only got eight golf seasons. Yeah, you're right. But, the you know, these people, you know, I, I talked to my father, and maybe you would feel this way too, does not regret what has undeniably happened to his brain, and you ask him on that, um, doesn't regret it for having won the four Stanley Cups and legacy and all that stuff. Man. Yeah, I know, but... We are humans. We get to make these choices with our body. Playing a professional sport like hockey is a choice you get to make. And that's where we probably should leave it at that. I should stop talking. No, no, you shouldn't stop talking. You you get paid to do that. True. But that's that's where it really comes down to that, yeah, in many ways, you're right. Probably shouldn't have come back. There was some brain trauma that he sustained. We all could see Presumably. it. Presumably. Uh, probably in the best interest of... His health, he should not have come back, but he's 
He's an adult. It's he funny. made his choice. It's funny listening to Kachuk be like, you know, you shouldn't skate through the middle with your head down like that. You know, I think when he looks up, he can't see Kachuk initially. No, he had plenty of time to see Kachuk. No, he did. He did. He had plenty of time. Once he cut to the middle there. But I thought uh, Kevin BX on the panel, great job. He was the only one who really pointed out that, and I'm sure you've done this, I know I have, is the bail right before you realize you're about to get crushed yeah. and you just kind of like let your body go no, boneless. Yeah, and, you're, you're, you're done. But he, like he, usually he, you're leaning back so it can like he guy will go he, over he, you. Like he said, either he toe picked, but he could he not. He let go, I think. He could not plant. There no. was, it, it, he was not It'd in the position. It would have made it worse if he had dug in and cut. or. What had happened was he he he... He wanted to wheel the puck out. Sure. His first thought was to go backhand up the boards mm-hmm. on, on his backhand side. And he thought that he could almost kind of lean towards it. And then he'd have all the type of room in the middle. Yeah. And then by the time he got his head up, Night-night. he was corned beef. Yeah. That was, that was a vicious hit. Uh, you know, I was talking to my dad, speaking of on the way here today, he was talking about like... It seems this year there's more of these hits where with guys getting completely flushed, like a hundred percent contact straight on, whether it's Timo Meyer or the, yeah. what Gudis did to uh, Camp, and it's all just like guy guys don't anticipate getting hit like that because there's not as much of that in the game, but there's none of it in the regular season, not none, but very little in the yeah. regular season. I think Kachuk had to be looking at that point down. I four think for we'd, something. we'd have way more if we just had way more guys like Matthew Kachuk and Truba. Mm-hmm. And some of these guys that know what they're doing. I would say 90% of of the players in the game have no idea how to hit, have an open ice hit. They yeah. don't. They don't know. Yeah. Or they, 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 they've, no never, they've never trained that way. Their mentality has never gone that way. It's like it takes a real special kind of player to have that mentality to even want to go and hit somebody like that. Yeah. We don't we, – we, we don't have those players anymore, and when we do, you tend to hold on to them. Yeah. Okay, let's welcome in Mike McKenna, daily face-off hockey analyst. He's done a terrific job all season long for the Real Kipper and Bourne Show. Mike, how are you, pal? Man, I'm living. How about you guys? Oh, yeah. Did you have fun watching that game last night? <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think so. We're just, uh, you know, talking about the big hit and how they're far and few because I I think there's just guys that just aren't willing to – to do it. And yeah, even if they could, I'm not sure they want to. Yeah. Well, you think about how well-rounded a lot of players, I mean, they used to be right. You had to be able to give and take a hit or you weren't going to make it. And there's less of those players now, but I will say this. It it is funny to watch the Stanley cup playoffs and see how players you may not expect it from or players that don't hit or play tough regularly during the regular season. You get this deep. It really starts to go because Man, I watched Bar- Ivan Barbashev get traded out to the Vegas Golden Knights at the trade deadline, and, and he was fine with the Golden Knights during the regular season. But that guy turns into an animal in the playoffs, man. He broke Sam Gerard's sternum last year against the Colorado Avalanche when he was with the Blues, and now he puts Gudis out with a massive reverse hit. Like, some people can just step up and make it happen. Yeah, and you just can't live like that 82 games a year. Some guys prefer not to live like that, even if you can. So uh, it is that that's part of what makes playoffs fun is finding another gear. You know, we wanted to talk to you about the goaltenders and finding another ge- uh, gear. Aiden Hill in the net for Vegas. Uh, this guy, I, if I recall talking to you about this, I think you like his game a little bit. Where do you stand on the idea that some of these guys that don't make a ton of money who aren't the starters aren't that much different in terms of quality of goaltender than the guys who are starters? 
there's such a there's not much of a of a difference any longer. Like the delta between your best goalie in the league and the worst goalie in the league is just so small now, um, and that's been helped since I retired, obviously. But <laughs> you know, you think about like you got funny, this mid pack of Golden. Thanks. I, I try occasionally. It comes to me, <laughs> um, but. You know, occasionally you look at it though, and you get this mid pack of goaltenders that are pretty interchangeable. And I've said this for years that goalies typically they get more credit than they deserve, and they don't get enough credit when the team doesn't play well. So if we don't have this big performance gap any longer, is it feasible to think that teams can run with two quality goaltenders and win a Stanley Cup or go deep in playoffs? Yes, absolutely it is. But you got to pick the right ones you got to pick stable ones and you have to have a system that surrounds them. And to be truthful at the start of the season, I, I did not expect Aiden Hill to be able to do this. Um, there's an unofficial stat that I've been keeping track of. It's called time on butt per 60. Um, <laughs> and he was really high on the list. Him and John Gibson were probably like one, two in the NHL. And he's, he's taken that number and lowered it so much during the course of the year. And I have no doubt in my mind that that's a product of working with Sean Burke, a goalie coach in Vegas, because, you know, he had a similar body type and, and probably is, is the guy preaching, hey, play inside out, let the game come to you, uh, which Hill has done for the most part. So, you know, you can't argue the fact that Bruce Cassidy's system is making goalies look great in Vegas, okay? Hill, I'm not taking a thing away from this guy. I think he's been awesome in the playoffs he stopped just about every clean shot he's seen that's all you can ask for but when you look at the shot map from last night i'm looking at it right now vegas put seven shots into the top third of the net last night they scored two goals there florida two two shots in the top third of the net all last night how are you going to score on a guy that's as big as Aiden Hill with those big flippers of his if you're not going to raise the puck? Those those glove saves he's making, they're all in the middle of the net. Yeah. They're right in his glove. He's picking cherries. And part of that is because the Golden Knights have given no time and space to Florida. They're not letting them pick their chances. We're talking to Mike McKenna, Daily Faceoff hockey analyst. Uh, Mac, when we... Uh... When we think of Aiden Hill now just being two games away and such a small sample size, he's also a UFA. And he's 27. It's not like he's 32 here. If he closes this thing out, where does this put him July 1st? Well, it puts him driving a Lamborghini compared to driving a uh, Yukon. I'll say that. You know, like, I th- here's the thing. I think Aiden Hill is probably due for a pretty good raise in the first place. He's making just about a little bit over $2 million bucks on a two-year deal, and, of course, that's expiring at the end of the season. But, you know, he's put himself into the lexicon now of showing that I think he can be a number one goaltender in the NHL, but I do think that it's most likely to happen with Vegas as opposed to taking a gamble on another team. If he goes to another team, I'm not sure what that might look like. So I would very much want to stay with the Golden Knights if I'm Aiden Hill. Because first off, if and when they win the Stanley Cup, because I don't know how Florida's getting out of this the way they've looked after the first two games, he's going to be a legend there. He could he could play there kind of as long as he wants unless the wheels fall off. And, and I think that there's a need with that team to have affordable goaltending. And by affordable, I mean you got Logan Thompson next year under a million bucks. Even if they give Aiden Hill four and a half, four, four and a half million dollars for three, four years, four, probably being the top end of it, that's manageable from a cap hit standpoint. And they need mm-hmm. to thank him, even though they're up against the cap. So 
I, I think it's a little bit of give and take. I think on the open market, Hill could probably do a little better than Vegas maybe, but I don't see any way where he's going to be under $4 million bucks. That's the going rate for a number one goalie in the NHL, much less one that's performed like this under the pressure and won a Stanley Cup. Guys, Cal Peterson's making $5 million. He was stashed in the minors, and he just he's getting traded right now to Philadelphia. You know, Tell me Aiden Hill's not worth more than that contract. That's the comparables you're with, looking at. We are a Toronto Maple Leaf show. Would you rather have Aiden Hill or Samsonov? I'd like to have Samsonov because I know that Joseph Wall is the guy that I believe in, and I think that by the end of next season, he might be knocking on the door to take over number one and do so at a more affordable cap hit. And I like the control that the Leafs would have over Samsonov as an RFA. So, you know, Samsonov here has got to play this carefully. He already had one team give up on him in Washington. He's got a team in Toronto that I would have to believe likes him. I mean, obviously, Brad Tree Living's coming in. That's a different general manager. But you got Brendan Shanahan still in place. There's other people still there. They've got control over what they could do with Samsonov. I think that if you're Samsonov, you look at Toronto and think this is a good place to be. I just don't know if he's going to be the guy that could win a Stanley Cup. And we had this discussion during the season. I think Wolf's ceiling, guys... I really liken him to Jake Ottinger in a lot of ways here, and it's a little bit different. Keep this I in mind say, here, guys. Say it again. Mike, <laughs> keep it in mind. With all due respect. Yeah, follow I mean, my train. Uh, how much have my you train watched, here. How much have you watched of Wall that you, you're, you're so confident? I watched him for five summers training him firsthand, knowing his personality. So, of course, there's a vested interest here. But my point is this. When you look at them, when I'm talking Ottinger and Wool as teammates at the U.S. National Team Development Program, even par. You look at what they did in college, BU, BC, even par. What happened to Wool is that he didn't have a great first-year pro, and then injuries and COVID slowed down his progressions, whereas Jake Ottinger hit out of the ballpark right off the bat. I think the ceiling is similar there. Now, I'm not saying Wool's going to be a world beater, but I think he has a higher ceiling than Samson because he has more structure to what he does. Samsonov has to find that structure in the next year or two. And that's why if I'm tree living, I wouldn't go over three years with him. I think you look two to three years, again, going right on a goalie, you're probably looking three and a half to four and a half for Samsonov. That's just reality of what it costs for goaltenders that have that experience, especially if uh, Vanacek got three million bucks, Linus Olmark got five million after playing not a single playoff game with the Buffalo Sabres. So I like that combination. I would not go outside uh, to pick up an Aiden Hill in that case. We are wool in over here. Look at this. This is a very... Oh, I like that assessment, though. Really good. Really mm-hmm. good. I, the the wool thing's interesting. If you yes. believe in him, it does change how you feel about your other guy. Um, I guess I'll just... I, we have to ask you about the guy who was the best goalie on earth until he wasn't here in Bobrovsky. I saw your tweet last night <laughs> that said, everyone giving Bob a hard time, doesn't know goaltending. Tell us what's going on with goalie Bob in the finals for Florida. That's right. If, and let me be very specific on this. If anybody lays last night's game specifically on the shoulders of Sergei Bobrovsky, get out of town. And I think that's true for the first two games of the series. Um, reason being, man, he, he, he hasn't had the team playing defense in front of him at all. Like the number of pinches that have gone wrong and led to odd man rushes going the other direction for Florida. It's absurd. It's absurd to see um, Aaron Ekblad leave the slot to go chase a guy in the corner and leave it wide open for Marsha. So to come striding right down the middle, like you can't do that. Like it didn't matter who was in the net last night. The Panthers were going to get crushed no matter what. You even saw Alex Lyon go in and two, make two or three unbelievable saves and still allow three. So, This isn't on Bob. What it is on, though, is on Bob to find a way to be better. He's got to communicate to his defensemen that they cannot keep taking his eyes away. 
they have to give him the short side shot. They take the far side. Do not cross my side of line, my eyesight. You can't do that. Bob has to communicate there. He has to make that clear. I didn't like the first goal against last night. He's looking on the wrong side of the screen. Mark Stone was playing right in front of them. He should have been looking short side. But beyond that, I don't have much of a complaint other than this. I do think Sergei Bobrovsky last night was a little bit impatient on his edges. I think he needed to beat pucks on his feet rather than sliding into them, and it put him behind the play a little bit. So am I saying he was great last night? No. Is there room for improvement? Yes. But that game's not on goaltending at all. That was a f- complete team collapse by the Florida Panthers and Vegas. They made them pay. Vegas has been that good that they've forced those problems. Mike, what would 10, 12 days off do to a goalie with rhythm, the mindset? And it, where does this play into the first two games we've seen out of Bobrovsky? I really don't think it's much for Bobrovsky on a specific level. I think it's, again, I think it's just very team oriented in that way. I will say this though, that when you're feeling the flow as a goaltender, pucks just hit you. And and I think Aiden Hill is in an absolute zone right now. And we saw this earlier this year in January when he actually got to play consecutive games. That's when he played his best hockey. And you're seeing that again now. Um, But there was less of a layoff for the Golden Knights than there was for the Panthers. So it's just really hard to replicate anything that you see in an actual game. Like live fire is so different than practice for a goaltender. Um, but just judging by the way pucks went in, I, I don't think Bobrovsky was affected by the layoff. I think that, um, again, I think his team's trying too hard defensively in front of him. They're playing stupid hockey in front of him, and frankly, in their own zone. And I think that Bob has probably been a little bit impatient. So if there's anything we can draw from that time off, I think that impatience might be it. Mike, you spent uh, time in the Vegas organization, um, you know, being an analyst for that team. Knowing that, what what's different with this Vegas team than the teams that couldn't get over the hump? Well, they've got the biggest uh, salary that they've had all along, ever. Yeah. And uh, I got to tell you, thanks to the NHL general managers that don't want to change this system of having no salary cap in the playoffs because the Vegas Golden Knights are not over the salary cap. There is no salary cap in the playoffs. But bringing Mark Stone back into the fold um, and allowing this yeah. roster to be so deep, you know, Coach even Ruff. if they did it right. Yeah. Another $95 million dollar cap or whatever that they would have here. It's legal. It's, it's what you can do. Um, but think about it like this, like Phil Kessel's out of the lineup. You know, they had to make that call. That was a great call by Bruce Cassidy. It's worked out. Teddy Bluger's not even playing. That guy's one of the better penalty killers in the NHL for my money. Good defensive forward. That's what it's given Vegas more of a chance to do is to have their depth. It's not that they have more talent on paper than Florida, but they have more players that are quality. Florida now, man, they're in trouble. If Gudis is out and not hurt, loose to rain in, go on down the list of missing players. That depth wasn't there in the first place. Florida, really, their top four D could compete top six? I don't know about that compared to Vegas. It's rock solid. You got White Cloud as Hag as a 5-6. So I just I look at that depth of Vegas, man, and you hear Cassie talk about it all the time, that they've got the best team on paper, and I think I agree with that. The moment Mark Stone came back in that lineup, it rounded out the four lines into being a diverse attack for Vegas, and you see it. Cassidy doesn't care who his fourth line plays against. He'll put Nick Waugh's line out there against Barkov, man. <laughs> That's gross. Barkov's one of the best 200-foot players in the world, yeah. and here's Vegas putting their fourth line out against him. All right, we'll just uh, we got to get going here, but uh, 
Have we got any more word on uh, the three-way trade uh, between Flyers, L.A., and Columbus? And I'm just wondering uh, where you think Carter Hart ends up in all of this. I'm curious to see because L.A. needs a goaltender. Um, Corpus Allo is obviously going to be on the market as a UFA. I really believe in Carter Hart. I think he's a fantastic goalie who hasn't gotten a lot of help out there in, in Philadelphia. It would be a massive breath of fresh air if he would be the goaltender that was going to L.A. and thinking about Peterson coming off the books. Maybe that makes sense. Um, but, guys, doesn't it seem like the whole end game here was that L.A. is trying to get Gavrikov signed and they need that salary cap space. So I'm curious to see how that plays out. But I think if Harder's on the move and he goes to a good team, you're going to see him take off. I thought he was really good for long stretches last year, got worn down a couple of times with the Flyers. Um, but when he's healthy, he's phenomenal. And I think his ceiling is, is just that much higher as he learns to grow into being an NHL goalie, having fun at that level and, and learning to be a little bit carefree, which you saw last year at the Flyers. Mike, as always, great stuff on our show. Thanks for coming on, pal. It's always fun. I love talking to you guys. Enjoy game three. All Appreciate right. you, Mike. Mike Thanks. McKenna, Daily Faceoff Hockey Analyst. Seen it all from the NHL, AHL, ECHL. Phil Kessel about to get his name. Well, I know it's not over yet, but on a third Stanley Cup. Yeah. He, won, he played 82 games for them. Oh, yeah, he plays every game all the time. But, yeah, unfortunate that he has to watch. But, yeah, good decision-making by the coach. Team's clicking along. There'll be a lot of happy guys with two more wins in Vegas. Yeah. How about the wall stuff? How do you feel about the wall stuff? Did he say Ottinger? Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> say it again. Yeah. Uh, the only problem is, is you got to win now. Right? We've yeah, been saying that for develop three years now. The Leafs... Have to challenge for a Stanley Cup. Can he do it as early as this season, next season coming up? I, I tell you, seeing it's a big Hill and Alex Lyon in the net in the cup final doesn't make me but feel he, like he it's can't. It's just a crap shoot. It is. That's all. He also makes $766,000 for them this Which year and next. really helps. And next. Yeah. So you want to give uh, Samsonov maybe three times four or whatever, three times three and a half. Where you give it to somebody else? Yeah, someone cheaper. Yeah. I just watching Aiden Hill again and Vegas do this with minimal money on a, a goaltending cap. There was a stretch there for six weeks where you're like, okay, I get it now. Bobrovsky is looks and acts like a ten million dollar goalie. Yeah. Until he gets beat by a two million dollar goalie. Yeah. No, it is. It's a, it's a tough position to figure out. You, you know you need it. The numbers for Hill are through the roof. You just don't know how to find it. Should tough to pay for it. Spend a couple minutes on this potential trade here. Yeah, Provorov to Columbus, Mike Babcock. Uh, I was in the Maple Leafs room cutting a lot of tape when they were looking at potential people to draft in that draft. Babs liked Provorov. Was this, was this Marner's yeah, draft? it was. So it was either Provorov Hannafin. or Hannafin that Babcock really wanted and I will say Babs liked Mark Marner Hunter. too. He did like Marner. No. He did. I was there to hear it. Yeah, he sure did he like did. Him. Sure he did until he fought hard not to take him with Mark Hunter. I, I don't know if that fight happened. It didn't while I was there. I no, do no, he wanted a D. Well, the yeah, I mean, the D we talked about, he thought that Hannafin didn't have the hockey sense. 
to be a true number like top pairing guy, so he didn't want Hanovan. He liked that Provorov could break the puck out. Said he's a break one man breakout machine. That was the thought, and he liked Marner. But I remember them watching Marner tape and him going, "What does he do when he doesn't score?" You know, and that was the whole. Well, they made him into a penalty killer essentially, right? That's that was a Babs initiative. Can we do more than just get points? It's going to be really hard for Babcock not to be the biggest star for the Columbus Oh, Blue he's going to be the biggest star. He is obviously. And I am tuned yep. in. Yep. <laughs> Can't wait. That's just a... Can't wait for him to do the next presser dripping sweat after running laps around the concourse. Doing the right things. Yes. Doing the right things. It's so to, fun. to one camera. <laughs> yeah. The funniest the funniest thing like the to contradict the two coaches last like Keefe's morning availabilities where he's talking for 11 minutes. Babs was a hard three. See you guys. And he just run out of there. <laughs> yeah. Hard Even three. Been up all night, grinding through video. Although I will say Babs used to get there at like 5.30 in the morning or something. He, he put in his time, but Love it. didn't want to chat about it. Love well, it. Be, be interesting to see how this works out with Johnny Gaudreau and Babcock. And the, abil- the ability... Patrick Lyon is still there? I forgot about that yeah. guy. And the ability to now... I don't know. Is it more of a destination for maybe potentially free agents? <laughs> Columbus is like the island of misfit toys. They're like, yeah, Line A doesn't wasn't happy. We'll see if we can fix him. We'll see if we can fix. They just seem to like you know Provorov had some issues. Let's we'll see if we can fix him up. You know, they just seem to be trying to fix guys like the old Patriots used to. Um, any thoughts, indications on where Carter Hart might be off to their kip or Borny? Uh, not offhand. I got to think that uh, Buffalo got to be LA. Buffalo got to be LA needs too. to win next Buffalo's year too. Interesting. LA needs to win next year too. Yeah, could they complete some a bigger piece of this with Hart going there? That's an interesting thought. Sam McKee before the show, I will say, gave the old is LA clearing cap space? Ah, no, he didn't say. Did you, ah. You didn't say why. Did, did you have um? An Austin Matthews, uh, like, you know. Uh, the you implication have, uh, might have been there. A, f- a phobia of losing him here? I, I, you know, woke up in a cold sweat thinking about it, yeah. You don't want L.A. to have a bunch of caps. No. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. That's something I would prefer not <laughs> to prefer happen. them to be right jammed yeah, give, up against the roof. Give Gavrikov six and a half mil, <laughs> please. They know, they, know, they know Kopitar's deals. Yes, up. we know. We've yeah, heard about yeah. that. That's come up. That is Cap- that thought. Yeah, is that is that true? Take it easy there, Leaf Lovers. <laughs> Take it easy. Gah! It's in the show logo. Is uh, yeah. any Brad Tree Living in California or uh, in Arizona sightings? Tree no. up to anything? We hearing anything? You fire a coach, talk to Matthews. What's going on? I'd love to see a picture of him in, like, you know, in Arizona with Matthews. Or Kyle. Both, just they're both wearing, like, Kyle fired <laughs> eight, ten guys his first day. Yeah. It's his show, baby. You gotta make room for all those Leafs people who are coming yeah. over. They're gonna um they're gonna have the picture uh, of them everything's playing, great. Playing golf wearing off white Nike shoes, him and Tri Living are in Arizona. When I see that I'll be happy. Yeah, that's when you know they're playing in slides and socks. Yeah. All right. We gotta get out of here. All we right, we gotta go to break? Yeah, we should break. All right, we're gonna go to break. After the break, we'll uh come with uh Sammy's playoff picks on Real Kipper and Bourne. Back after this. The best Blue Jays show out there, period. 
Blair and Barker. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. All right, Sammy boy, let her rip. Time for playoff picks presented by Bet365. Visit the app for the latest odds. Uh, looking ahead to game three, which is that tomorrow night or is it Thursday night? It's tomorrow night. It's, no, it's not. It's Thursday. Thursday. Night. What? Yeah. Thursday, Saturday. Yeah. Shows what I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they play on Thursday. So look hey, ahead. Start applying yourself on your job. <laughs> Sorry, pal. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, so Panthers are a favorite in game three. So you can get the – it's a slight favor. I think they're minus 115, and you can get the Golden Knights at plus 105. So any plus, any plus money for the Golden Knights who look way better right now seems like a seems like home ice doesn't matter like to them. I feel like if Vegas plays poorly, they have a chance to win. Correct. You know? So I, uh, I like that number at plus 105. And if you think the Knights continue to dominate, you can get them uh, minus one and a half, so win by two goals at mm-hmm. plus 225 which to mm. me is a very juicy number. Even if yeah. they're winning, they could get an empty netter and that, that would hit for you. So I like that one a lot. And the other one that I have for you guys is the Con Smythe check-in, which is one of my favorites to do. And I've been doing it since the start of the playoffs. Uh, overwhelming favorite now is Jonathan Marcheseau at minus 110. Interesting. That's, the, you know, I'm glad to hear that. Very impactful guy in terms of I big goals, him running his mouth, you know, like he's just, he's a competitive guy. Where's Stone at? He is further down the list at plus 1,400. Oh, wow. He's way out, eh? Yeah. I mean, Jonathan Martin, it's recent, like, I think, was it you that talked about it yesterday, Kipper, with when they reward, like, the the finals matters the most in the Conn Smythe thing. Like, I know, obviously. I don't know what it, percentage-wise, but you got to almost put 70% of of importance for a con Smythe into a final. Do you think so much? Yeah, eh? I do. And he's already got four points in two games, for, uh, Marcia. So, and you know, big goals. I think you know these the narratives there too. He's an original, one of the misfits on that first team. Like, and it's that all, line of theirs is yeah. plus 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 yeah. a million. I think he's plus sixteen. Yeah, he's, it's all lining up for him to kind of have this 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 moment. But he's had an awesome playoffs. He's got twenty one points in nineteen games, twelve goals. He's plus 16, fellas. Are, are you uh, dis- disappointed about uh, Matthew Kachuk's drop-off in this final? Like, you know, th- I only see bring the this up the because up he, was, he was one of the favorites coming in mm-hmm. for the Conn Smythe into yeah. the final. And, uh, you know, just listening to the, the, the conversations about Matthew Kachuk coming into this uh, uh Final, mm-hmm. how he is the new face of the NHL. Well, I don't know no, that. I know that's that's what it I'm was trying the to conversation, get to. Okay. Is that like everybody loves a player like this? Yeah. But when you when you have a side to him, you'll never put him in the same bracket as a McDavid or. Well, nobody's a, in that bracket. I'm just saying though. Yeah. No, but you think it's because of the physical edge and go, runs go, his mouth? Go go search up a couple of. Uh, 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 articles on conversations about how Matthew Kachuk is now the new face of the I, I've NHL. I've seen them. I've oh, seen that them. was out there. You, you, but that was like a thing. It's like People Magazine or you well, know, whatever. Whatever the case is, it's Tiger just. It, but it's not. It's not true. You can't. You can't have that ugly side to him every once in a while and be willing to get in those ugly trenches and do that. You, no, you, no, you can't have Sid? your cake and eat it too. You don't think Sid's got that? 
Oh, Sid's not like Matthew Kachuk. No. Don't spear you in the. No, he's not. No, no, he's not no, doing no. it. You don't even. Shift. You don't come. I'll chop your no, hand you, off. There's, there's no comparison. No, so, there's not. There's no comparison. Kachuk's 36 combined penalty minutes are the most in NHL history through the first two games of a Stanley Cup Finals. But I, I also Dwayne, think like Dwayne Sutter uh, from on the Islanders had 30 in the before was the record. Yeah. I also think on the relax perspective with Kachuk, like what he finished third in the league in scoring this yeah. year. And that's the highest he's ever finished by a good distance. That's never going to be face of the league stuff. Connor McDavid, face of the league. Sidney Crosby, still a face. The, Ovi, the, the still media, a face. Matthew's closer than Kachuk. The media has a way of building up guys yeah. and kind of like giving it a little bit of a, a fake kind of news feel to sure. whatever they want to portray. We started this show on a non-hockey topic. I'll kind of end it up non-hockey and give a comparison to media buildup yeah. for an athlete. Alex Mano. Alex Manoa? Alec. Okay, so we'll just end off. That was playoff picks presented by there you go. But Alec Mano. I'm watching Mano get this buildup into the season for the Jays. Mm-hmm. As That's ball opening day. The man. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, this guy is the stud that's leading the Blue Jays. And I, I found it very sad watching him the other night. It's a big... I think in baseball in particular, it's a big shift from when you're like, this guy is a nice story to you are our ace. Here is the ball. Go be the guy. The attention's on you. And then Sammy had a good point earlier. Like, yeah, you think that's hurt him. 100%. I just think that, you know, he's not the... Too big of a buildup. He's not... No, he's just... the pitch clock. The pitch clock has killed him. He's just not as fit as a lot of other guys out there. And he was one of the slowest workers in the league. That can't just be the whole, the only thing. Yes, he was. He was almost thirty seconds, thirty-five seconds between pitches. He's one of the slowest workers in the league, and now you have to go where you're under twenty seconds, and it's more of a physical, athletic thing. I think that's the biggest reason. I really do. All right, you know, that's my, that's my, uh, that's my take. I'm sticking to it. Or he just stinks, boys. Stay tuned for tomorrow where we break down cricket. <laughs> Darts 180. What other sport can we pull? Okay, our thanks to Mike McKenna. Always with you throughout the Stanley Cup final. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee. We're back tomorrow.